0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com There is one element that when we are able to perfect this element, it will drastically improve our relationships with our wives, our husbands, our children, our bosses, our employees, everybody. It is one of those things that is so crucial to every single relationship that if you're able to nail this down, you will improve your relationships overnight. I'm sitting with a couple. And every time the wife came to some sort of complaint, something that she didn't like about what her husband did, or didn't do anything, the husband came back with a retort. He had an answer. You know, I was busy, I was tired. It wasn't It wasn't something that you communicated to me. I was late in the office. You don't know how hard I worked. There was always some reason for why he wasn't doing the things that his wife was asking him about. In the story of Kal Yisrael, going down to Mitzrayim, they hit this pivotal moment all the way in the beginning of the story. Parsha's Miketz. Yosef is in Mitzrayim, and he turns to the brothers, and he says to them, if you don't bring down Binyamin, I'm not interested in seeing you again. I don't want to see you. If you can't come here with Benyamin, don't come back. Shimon is in prison, Go back home to your father, get Binyamin, and come back home. So the Pasik says that first Ruvain steps forward. And Ruvain says to his father, Ta, Abba, Daddy, give me Binyamin. I will bring Binyamin down and I will bring him back up here. Everything is going to be safe and secure. And how do I know this? Because if I don't bring him back, my two sons will die. That's what Ruvain says. And Yaakov just out of hand just completely disregards that statement. Okay. They wait a little bit of time, a little bit of time, and then Yehuda steps forward. And Yehuda says to, to Yaakov, he says, Yisrael. He says, send him to me, send him down with me, and I will bring him back. And he says four critical words. He says, Anoichi e'ervenu, miyadi tivakshanu. Anechi Yarevenu means I guarantee it. I will co-sign on this. I will guarantee personally that this is going to happen. That I am going to bring Binyamin down and I will bring him back up securely. Mi yadi You can be mevakesh this. You can ask of this from my hand. And Yaakov says, if that's the case, go ahead. Take him down. Now, as soon as I heard this, I had two questions. The first question is a very simple question. What was it so special... About what Yehuda had said over what Ruven had said. Reuven had said also, listen, I'm, I'm gonna do it. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. What was different between what Yehuda said and what Ruven said? But the second question is I think even more important than anything else. He says to him, I guarantee you that I'll bring him back. Then what does he say? You can request it from my hand. What does that mean? You can request it. Uh, let's paint the scenario. Yehuda and the brothers will go down to Mitzrayim. Yosef looks at the brothers and he says, Binyamin is mine, I'm keeping Binyamin. And they all throw a fit. And he says, I'm not giving him back. I'm keeping him in Mitzrayim. What's going to happen? The brothers are going to come back to Yaakov. And Yaakov is going to say to them, Hey, what's the deal? And Yehud will say, Well, miyadi tevaqshenu. You could ask of it from me. What's his answer going to be? His answer is going to be, We lost Binyamin. What is he saying? What is his guarantee that you're going to be able to ask? Miyadi tevaqshenu. From my hand you can request what? What can you request? The answer, I believe, lies in Yehuda himself. You see, throughout history, there were various people who, when it came to them taking responsibility for things, they didn't take responsibility. But Yehuda was the exception. When it came to the episode of Yehuda and Tamar, so Tamar sends the whole the whole kit and caboodle, She sends it to Yehuda, and she says, um, "Hakarna, like you know, recognize lemi hacheisemes v'hapasilim v'ha-ma-te-ele. Who whose ring, signering ring is this? Whose staff is this? Whose who's stuff is this? And what does Yehuda say? Vayakar Yehuda. Yehuda recognizes Vayamer, and he says, "Tzadka mi She's right. Mi End of story." You see, what Yehuda did in that critical moment was that he took responsibility. He didn't give any answers. He didn't say, well, you know, you couldn't, you don't understand, you know, no, nothing. Two words. That's it. With those two words, Yehuda had solidified his place in Yaakov's house as the person who takes responsibility. Who was Ruvein? Ruvin was the one who, when everything happened, either by, by Yosef being sold down to Mitraim, or with the whole story of moving around the beds, Ruvin had answers. He never stepped forward and said, come mi many. If you need an answer, I will give an answer. I'll, I'll explain this in, in terms of like a business, right? An employer comes over to the employee and says, excuse me, where's the report that I asked you for last week? So what does the what does the employee say if she doesn't have it or he doesn't have it? Uh, you know, I, I try to call the client. I, I got caught up with so many other things. I'm sorry. I, you know, my my son went to the hospital, and 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 I was running late that day. And I think it was supposed to snow. I, I thought it was supposed to be an off day. I don't know. Those employees are the worst employees. Those employees are the people you know you cannot count on them. Now, what's the alternative? The alternative is you totally own it. You totally own it. And Yehuda gives us the formula. Vayaker Yehuda. The first thing is simple. You recognize you are wrong. And then you just say one thing. And you say, Tzedka mimeni. You are right. I am wrong. This is my fault. Everything will not always go perfectly right in our lives. They don't. You won't have every report done on time. You won't be early or on time to every single thing in your life. You won't. But you know what you can do every single time without fail is you can own it. Instead of saying, oh, you know, the, the traffic and the this and Nobody cares. What people care about is that you are going to own your decisions. You're going to own when you do things right. And more importantly, you're going to own it when things go wrong. Somebody asked me a question the Shabbos. He said, you know... When the Saha Mashkim, when he comes to Paray, he turns to Paray and he says to Paray, you know, Paray says, I had a dream. Does anybody have anybody who knows how to interpret dreams? And what does the Saha Mashkim say to Paray? He says, yeah, 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 I, I, I have a guy. Um, he, he might be able to interpret dreams, but he says, you should just know this guy is a Nar, he's an Ivry, he's an Eved. What does that mean? It means he's not so smart, he's stupid, he's, he's not even somebody who's really worthwhile speaking to you, you're the king, he's an evid, he's a slave, like, he doesn't really even understand English, this guy, like, you know, he, he doesn't understand Egyptian, he's not the right guy, but he did, he was able to go ahead and, and be, you know, in, interpreting our dreams. Why did, the person said, I don't understand, why did he have to say that? Why didn't he just say, I have a guy, he's amazing, he, this guy is awesome. Bring him in, he'll be for sure be able to interpret your dream. That's not what he does. He's trying to sell Yosef to Paro, but then he doesn't. He's like, I have a guy, but he's not so good. Or maybe he is good, I'm not really 100% sure. Why? So I think the answer is very simple. It's because the Sahar was nervous. Imagine he tells Paro, this guy is amazing. Right? You ever do this? You say, oh, use this lawyer, he's unbelievable. And then the person calls you two days later and say, this guy doesn't return my calls, he's terrible, he butchered the whole contract. Right? So the guy looks, the guy looks stupid. So that's what happened over here. Was that the Sar the Sarah was a little nervous. I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend this guy to Pare. He's gonna come in here and he's gonna say, a dream? What's a dream? I don't know. And I didn't see this guy in two years. How do I know if he's really even doing so well? Maybe he was, he was like a one-hit wonder. So he says, hey, Zanaris and he's and Evan. He's, he's, an Av- he, he's not such a great guy. Try him out though. See what happens. He, he was scared. He was scared to own it. Life is about owning it. Whether it goes right, or whether it goes wrong, life is about owning it. And I want to tell you something, which is just like, amazing. In the Pasuk where Yehuda owns it, the first time, where he says, Tzadka Mimani, it's mine, the Mepharshim say, that what actually happened there, was a baskal came out. And the baskal said, Tzadka Mimani, This whole episode came about Mimani from Mi Hashem. Why? Because Yehuda is Oimeid the Malchus. Because Yehuda is a king. And these children are going to be the future of Yehuda. And kingship in Klay will come out of these children. That was the Pasuk of Tzadka Mimani was really a baskal saying those words. Wow, okay, that's very powerful. But why is it at this moment... That we're saying, tzadka many." Maybe when Yehuda approaches Yosef, va'yigash Yigash Yehuda, he takes charge. That's the time that we should say, oh, you're a melech. No. The Pusik is telling us so clearly. If you want to know what a melech is, a king, a president, a prime minister, you know that the buck stops by you. When you listen to the news, the radio, and you hear a president saying things like, well, my administration, something happened, I'm not sure, blah, blah, blah. It, it's such a letdown. Own it. Own it. Kill it. You're the President of the United States. You're the Prime Minister of Israel or any country. Own it. You have to own it. You have to know that the buck stops by you. And we find this. We find this twice. By the first two kings of Kalishal. We find this by Shaul. When they go out to war, and they go out to kill a Amalek, they come back and they they bring along a whole the agog, They bring back the king and they bring back a whole bunch of sheep. And Shmuel comes out and he says, um, "Excuse me, what are all these sheep that are here?" And what does Shmuel say? Instead of Shmuel saying, "I'm sorry, I made a mistake. It was wrong," he doesn't say that. He turns and he says, "Well, you know, the people they wanted to 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 get some sheep to bring karbanas to Hashem, and they had Rachmanas and blah 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 blah." And what does Shmuel tell him? "You're not a king anymore." What do you mean? I'm not a king anymore? And just you're not a king anymore. It's not that you didn't follow direction, it's that if you're a king, you own it. You own it. Your people messed up, you messed up. You have to own your your people, your responsibilities, and even when things go wrong, you have to own it. If you didn't own it, you're not the king. Over. And so he 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 loses it where do we find somebody who took the opposite approach David David and Bathsheba you find in the story that David and Bathsheba he goes out and he has Uriah killed he takes Bathsheba as a wife Nassim the Navi comes forward and he tells David in a short version of the story he says to him you know David you, you messed up you messed up and you're going to lose everything you, you sinned against Hashem and what does David say David says very simple by Yoimer David El He says to Nasan the Prophet, Chatasi two words. I messed up. I messed up. I messed up. Oh my gosh, I messed up. And the pasuk, if you look, it doesn't even end right there. That's not even the end of the pasuk. Because before he even finishes talking, Nasan says back to him, Gam Hashem, chataz chaloy Because you just took responsibility, you will not die. You should know that you were, your sin was just communed because you owned it. Owning yourself, owning your actions, owning your inactions is a key to success even when things don't go right. What happens is, is that it's so easy to say, oh, I'm going to do that. But it's so hard because our pride gets in the way. Me? I messed up? No, that's not. It couldn't be. That's what it was. I'm a bad parent. I'm a bad sibling. No, it can't be. No, that's not what I meant. You you didn't understand me right. It's so hard to do. It's so hard to do. But when you kill it, that's when you are you are completing. You're completing who you are. And and I want to say something here. And 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 it's a chiddush. My own chiddush. My own. You know, novel thoughts, so maybe I'm wrong, but I believe it's 100% right. We say to every Hassan, chasin doime lamelech. A Hassan is like a king. So what does that mean to a Hassan? Oh, you have to stand up for me. I can't go out alone. I'm very important. Yeah. But maybe it also means this. Maybe it means the buck stops by you. When you're single, you mess up, you come late. Somewhere, Where were you I don't know. Whatever. When you're married, when you are married, you better start owning it. You are the man of the house. And your wife, she's the queen. You can't just start giving excuses. I don't know. I'm not sure. You have to own it. And when you own it, that's your job as a king, as a husband, as a father, as a wife, that is our job in life. I had a guy. He came to talk to me. And he, he's telling me everything about his wife. She's so bad. She doesn't do anything for me. Everything was a story. Everything was a story. And we're sitting there schmoozing. And I said to the guy, I want to tell you something. You are such a great person. You're so sweet. You're so kind. You're so nice. But I'm going to give you Like a two-hour understanding of what your job is as a husband. Not as a person, as a husband. What are you supposed to be doing for your wife? And then you tell me if you're a good husband. You're a great person. You're a great son. But let's talk about being a husband. So we sat there for two hours and we went through everything that a husband is supposed to do for his wife. And the guy's sitting there, and I said, I want you to grade yourself, not as a person, as a husband. How do you, how did you do? One to ten. And the guy just started crying. I said, terrible. Maybe a one. Maybe a two. Nothing. I, I, I'm, I'm a terrible husband. And he, he, he left, he was like a little bit distraught. He said, okay, I'm gonna follow up with you. And he called me a couple days later, and he said, I wanna tell you something. He said, for the last 18 years, Everything in my marriage, I blamed on my wife. Everything. He said, after our meeting, I sat in the car. He said, and I just started crying. Because I thought, I'm such a great person. I have such a great son. I have so many friends. Why can't I get along with this person? Why can't I get along with my wife? It must be that she's doing all these things wrong. She must be the most terrible wife in the world. Who wants to sing Esheth Chayel to such a machshefa, a witch, terrible, horrible person? He said, and for the first time in 18 years, it dawned on me. I had never once taken full responsibility for anything. He said, I came home and I sat down with my wife. And I told her, from today, today is going to be our anniversary. Because we together are going to embark on a journey of rekindling what we could have and should have had for the last 18 years. They sat down. They bought the marriage curriculum on my website, marriagepro.co. They started, they went to therapy. They really, really started an intensive course. Shana Rishana. They started dating each other. It's it's like an amazing thing to me when I tell couples who are married more than a year, you know, you're still supposed to date your wife, take her out, spend some time with her. Well, yeah, where's that brought down? Olive bays. Olive bays. You got to date your spouse. You know, I have people who come to dating workshops who are married, and I encourage them to come. Come! You're still dating your spouse just because you're married? Of course you're still dating. You have to understand what marriage is supposed to look like. And this works on the smallest of scales. When your spouse comes over to you and says, why did you come late? I don't understand. Why didn't you call me when you're running late? We always have re- No, you don't understand. I was on a business meeting. I couldn't get off the phone. If your spouse is telling you something, Listen! Listen to what they're saying. Say, 100% you're right, honey. I'm so sorry. I'm going to really make an effort in the future to do what you want. When a husband is turning to his wife and says, you know, I come in the door, you you look like a shmata. The place is flying. I I don't even recognize you. Why can't you look at me for two minutes and sit down and ask me how my day was? We we have to stop saying, you don't know how hard my day was. you you don't understand what, what happened with the kids today. If your spouse is saying something, listen to what they're saying. That is the most critical element or one of the most critical elements within a relationship. I think what's paired up with this is understanding then what you need to fix and the underlying messages that we communicate to our spouses. But the simple olive base, and it starts from the youngest of ages, learn to say, I was wrong. Tell your child, who's three years old, who messes up. And you say, why do you do that, Maishi? why do you color on the walls? And the kid's like, well, I wanted to buy... Maishi, stop. Just say, I'm sorry. That's all I need from you. Because you need to learn to own a decision. When you own a decision, you, Maishi, who's three years old, in 25 years, will be the greatest husband in the world. But when you're sitting there coloring on the walls, and I say to you, Maishi, Moshi, why'd you do this? And you go, "Hey, when you did it, Mayshi, you're you're on the wrong path." As a parent, we have to instill this in our children, and as people, we have to internalize this idea. And when we could do that, we will find so much more success in all areas of our lives. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.